Hi, everyone. Welcome to North Point Plus. This is episode 93. Uh, with us, we have Jake Howard, who spoke yesterday, um, Father's Day. I was going to say, are you supposed to say yesterday when the podcast comes on Tuesday? Because wouldn't yesterday be Monday? People know. I think people, people know by now. Letting the like, cat right out of the bag. I know. People know. Because like sometimes I've noticed like Rick will say, like, oh, today, like when we film it on Sunday. So it's really all over the place. I, Jake spoke on Sunday um, about whatever. But so, how was your Father's Day? <laughs> spoke about whatever. <laughs> how was your Father's Day? I'll let you get to that it part. It was good. It was good. We have a little uh, three foot tall, ten foot wide pool that we bought um, because summers are hot. And my wife is pregnant, and those aren't a good yeah. mix. So we it, bought a pool. Actually, it was actually a gracious gift. We didn't buy it. People gave it to us, so that was cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I spent some time with some delicious burgers and soaking in a pool with the kiddos. And nice. That was about it. That does sound fun. It's always like these kinds of weekends can sometimes be busy. I don't know if yours, ours was busy, but it's fun. Like it's a fun yeah. kind of busy. Yeah. Like, but I was more tired like than unusual. <laughs> but eh, that's all right. Yeah. So do you want to give a recap of uh, what y'all spoke about on uh, Sunday? Yeah. The game was fun. The Father's Day. Did game. you like I, the Father's I, Day yeah, game? I yeah. I was going to say. We I didn't found really... the dads amongst all dads with that Father's Day game. Yeah. That was there good. You go. And I got an excuse to buy a fanny pack. So, I mean, how much better <laughs> does it get than that? But yeah, we wrapped up uh, our Thessalonians series here at the end of Second Thessalonians. Um, and really, Paul kind of transitioned some from talking about uh, the end times and the return of Jesus and all of that, and just kind of talked a little bit more about this, this idea of the idle and disruptive. Um, there are some theories as he's transitioning into this passage, and we're actually going to get to a question here, that there are other leaders, um, or other people, I shouldn't say leaders, that were writing letters and kind of confusing the Thessalonians, and so Paul really wanted to clarify that because some people weren't working, and maybe they weren't working because they had this false belief that like, hey, Jesus is showing up on Thursday around 6-ish, um, and so Paul wanted to just clarify what does that look like, what can we expect, and all that, um, and that people don't need to be idle and disruptive, and so um, it's not just lazy. I think laziness is a big component of it, um, but it's just the fact that they were uh, people who are followers of Jesus that were lazy and a burden on other people, whether it was causing more work or taking from their benefits or whatever it could be. And so Paul's kind of speaking out against that. Gotcha. Okay, well, and so the first question, uh, why did Paul say, this is how I write? Um, was there some discrepancy as to whether it um, it like the letters were from him or not? Yeah, this came from uh, Keith Ivkovich, right? Yes. Yeah, did you yep. not want to say that last name? It was a little Isn't scary. A little scary? A little daunting. It's <laughs> all right. I love Keith. I know Keith. They, uh, yeah. Him and his wife and kiddos actually serve on our nursery. Oh. Um, twice a month, no, so. I, and I was going to say, like, I know their kids, too, yeah. from, like, working with them, but I was just like, yeah. Keith. It's from we love Keith. Keith. Yeah, Keith. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Uh, Here's the thing. Paul would have dictated pretty much all of his letters to a scribe or somebody else uh, who would have written them down. Part of the reason for that um, is that Paul was in prison for a lot of his letters um, and a lot of his writings. And so he had somebody else who would write them, and then he would kind of sign them in after he left a little bit of a, a benediction. And we see this in most of his letters. It's kind of like putting a, a signature. If you were to write a letter and send it or write a card, like you sign it and send it in there to show that it's from you. Uh, that's kind of what Paul had done for most of his letters to like authorize, hey, that either he wrote this or that he was authorizing the writing of this letter. Um, so that's what he's doing here. As far as some of the discrepancy goes, like I said before, there was this idea um, that there was other people out there 
writing uh, as Paul. They weren't mm-hmm. really Paul, but they were writing not for him, but like pretending to be him. We see some evidence of that. Second Thessalonians 2.2, 2. Uh, Paul included the idea, he says, uh, of a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So part of the reasons he's writing the Second Thessalonians is to clarify the day of the Lord information, and part of that is because there seems to be other letters that someone is saying they were Paul, and this is what you need to know. It's just not true. It's not accurate. They're forgeries. And so um, Paul is writing here, and he, and he kind of ends this letter to show, like, no, this is me. I'm, I'm the real deal. I'm the real Paul. OG Paul here. Don't get into faux Pauls or whatever might be out there, like, finding the real one. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because, like, yeah, like, if somebody just saw, you know, one of the other letters and made one that looked like exactly like it have you ever done that in a recent time sylvia just out of curiosity forge some letters i would like to say that jake made me do it okay so <laughs> don't our, hit me our, with our, a our devil new, made me do it kind of moment our, here our children's director jenna who a lot of people saw our video from uh, i think it was last week she you know we had to like prank her a little bit she's just new to a the office. little innocent light hazing if we can say hazing yeah and it wasn't i mean she thought it was hilarious so okay it's fine but jake was like oh she has her acceptance letter to her college um like you should make a fake one yeah but and i did and it was good it was okay really i thought good. it was really good yeah. you um, even found because you went to liberty university and you found yes. like the liberty university font yes and i need to list i need to put the camera on me i put so much hard work into this i googled the font that the college used i like found all these like I like I kept the paragraph the beginning of the paragraph the same made little jokes about like oh hashtag I love my co-workers in there it was very I thought it, it was funny to make you thought yeah. you thought it was, oh, it was funny excellent too. it was excellent um but and Jake was convinced that she was gonna you know it, this is gonna be months she's never gonna see it. I'm like I think she's gonna notice right away and we switched it last week and she noticed today so yeah I underestimated how often you Look, read your college acceptance letter Jim, yeah, so well, I apologize for that so I mean yeah you know yeah but anyway, so yes, it's funny because that's kind of what I thought of. I'm like, I have forged a letter recently. <laughs> you have. <laughs> but it was, I mean, kind of like your fault. But okay, um, second question. Should being a hard worker be a reflection of our commitment to Jesus as well as the other traits? What would it take for people to say that person is an incredibly hard worker? They must be a Christian. Yeah, I think uh, being a hard worker is something that every Christ follower should uh, try to attain or ascribe to. Um, I think it is a characteristic we should be known by. Uh, the Bible doesn't speak fondly, um, like anywhere, of, of laziness at any point in time. Um, the Psalms and the Proverbs have really got good stuff when it comes to talking about um, the the pitfalls of being lazy and, and things like that. Obviously, we have the passage here that Paul's talking about. Um, as far as what it would take for someone to say, like, oh, man, that person must be a Christian— um, I can tell by their hard work and ethic they put in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a hard worker is not uh, like like only Christians can do that, right? right? You know, there can be somebody who doesn't love Jesus but worked really hard at their job or really hard at being a parent or whatever it may be. Um, so for me, I think it really would take a, a consistent group of people, a consistent group of Christ followers who are consistently working hard for that to make a difference. So uh, you could work really hard at your job, and I could be super lazy at mine, 
and they're just not going to look at it and say, well, Sylvia must be a Christian. She's They're going to look at it and say, well, Sylvia must be a hard worker, right? Mm-hmm. But if every Christian you know is a really hard worker, then they're going to recognize, people are going to say, man, there's something different about those Christ followers. Like, they seem to work really hard. They go above and beyond. They care about more than just their work. They, they're super generous in what they do. Mm-hmm. They got good time management skills, like all this other stuff. Like, w- there's something about Christians that just seem to be, like, right. crazy like, out there. It just adds on to that, like... Um like, oh, they must be a Christian because mm-hmm. they're so nice. Or you like, you know what? Like, yeah. it's just one of those yeah. things where people yeah. have this in their heads. Like, oh, here's a list. And like, oh, yeah, they must be a Christian. So it's sort of positive that. stereotype. Yes. It would be fantastic for us to have as yeah. Christ followers. But, you know, there you go. That'd be great. Yeah. I'd love that. I think to me, that's the only way I think it happens. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Europe, it looks like they have a 30-ish hour work week. I am officially moving to Europe. <laughs> right now that was it. that was easy that that's was all, that's all it took all i'm took. out see you guys all right. uh and then the standard in the u.s is 40 hours a week farmers typically work 60 to 70 hours a week how much like hard work is driven by the number of hours how much is quality of work can you work hard 30 hours and just kind of do whatever the other 10 what do you think i mean you could work hard five hours and just do whatever the other However many, I mean, nobody's yeah. forcing you, I guess, yeah. but you could. You'd probably get really hungry and hated, but, you know, that is an option. Um, I don't think there's a clear either or when it comes to this. I don't think it's just about productivity uh, or just the amount of effort or just the amount of time that you would put into something. I think it's uh, about putting together your best effort to try to accomplish the things that need to get one to get done. Uh, you know, there's some weeks that I feel like I've worked super hard. Um, to try and get things done, you know, projects of whatever. And, and I've put in a lot of sweat equity. I've put in extra time. I've done all those things. And yet I don't feel super productive uh, because that particular project, that particular task uh, was just really labor intensive or time intensive mm-hmm. to just move a couple steps down. And then there's other weeks I feel like I'm knocking things out left and right. Um, and I've got plenty of time at the end of the week, it feels like, to be able to do stuff. And I'm, I'm this might be where I become a burden to our staff because then I'm popping in offices with dumb questions or, or being social, whatever, which I do think has its value. Um, <laughs> but you don't I have think, to justify it. It's fine. <laughs> thank you very much. I might. Rick's watches this too, so you never yeah, know. True, so you there know. you go. Um, so I think it's not about like a set number mm-hmm. that can be there. I think it's about hard work. I think it's about knowing your team and what's needed. I think that there are also rhythms. Um, you know, some industries have a lot of tasks to complete to be productive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some other jobs are really about uh, kind of an unending amount of work. You know, so there's never really an end to what you're trying to accomplish. It's not about checking off a box or doing a task. Some jobs are that way. Some jobs are not that way um, where you don't accomplish a task, but you continue to try and move the ball down the field and what Mm -hmm. you do. Um, So productivity looks different for different jobs. Um, It looks different for different styles of jobs. Yeah, it's different for everybody. Yeah, so hard work's not just about being productive. It's about the energy and the effort that you put into it, I would say. Yeah, well, and like just to me, like um, it's kind of like in the question, you know, like farmers are you know work a lot more than just the 40 hours a week like every job is different and like you kind of you already said like just looks different so um you guys like as pastors it's like very like people driven like the amount of like you know rick meets with people all the time is always sending notes like so yeah he's doing like his main job but then he's also like you know working on other things and you know staying later than that you know and like you said where you're like i can work on the move like i am always doing stuff (laughs) yeah yeah and so like it's just funny because it works you know for everybody's different and especially maybe since covid like working from home like Mm. my parents like their jobs look a lot different like just my dad working from home it's um like he used to work at msu now he's just at home and on a computer and it looks different. Like he doesn't have as much contact with everybody. So, you know, I'd also say, I think there's some times where I feel like I've been really productive and I maybe knocked on the, 
locked down a lot of tasks and things like that. Uh, but my wife is staying home with the kiddos. And right. I know there's times she's working harder than I am. Oh, yeah. Like, when I'm here in the office. Right. It's different. Like, it's yeah. just different jobs. Yeah. Different everything. And I'd so. argue what she does has probably a better and longer lasting effect than what I do at times. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, all right, so a uh, fourth question here. Second Thessalonians 3, 6 says to keep away from those that are idle and disruptive. Shouldn't we want to be around them to show them by our actions how not to be idle and disruptive? This what is a, from Kate. Yeah, what a good question because it seems a little counterintuitive to, yeah. to that. Like yep. we want to be an example. The Bible talks about um, they'll know you by your fruits, talks about mm-hmm. being light in this world, a city set on a hill, like all those things. So why is it now all of a sudden the Bible's like... Yeah, except for this particular one. This one, you should actually push people away. Everything else, be an example. This yeah. one, like, don't even like associate. Don't be around people. So it does feel a little counterintuitive to what we see at other places in Scripture. Um, and I think there's really two important things to keep in mind with that. I think number one, Paul's writing to the church. This isn't like a life principle for everybody all the time. Uh, I do think there are ways that this can apply, especially with healthy boundaries and things like that, uh, whether you're a part of the church or not. Like some things, if it's good, it's good. Um, so I do think that's a little bit there. I think there is some... some um, lack of a better term here, church discipline ideas that mm-hmm. come in here that is really just for, for the, the Jesus family here. Um, so I don't think you can always expect the same results out of the family of Christ. So I think that's kind of an important thing. Mm-hmm. Paul's writing to the church here. Um, and then I think it's also important to recognize this is the last step in dealing with idle and disruptive, that by now you've, you've already been the example. Mm-hmm. You've already had the conversations, the, the heart-to-hearts, the care, the compassion, the second chances. You brought other people along in the discussion to say, see, I'm not the only one who thinks this way. Carl, he sees the same thing, and Carl loves you too. Like, we should figure this out together. There's so much more you can offer, so much more you can do, and not be a burden to other people. Like, man, step up and do this for your family, do this for your community, do this for your church, like all these things. And then they've ignored and ignored and ignored, mm-hmm. and it's getting to the point where they are a burden on other people. It's not just their laziness and affecting them, but now their stuff's affecting the church. It's affecting others. And Paul says that's when you've got to begin to distance yourself. With redemption in mind, it's not punitive. It's not a punishment. It's not to say, fine, you didn't listen to me. You're out of here, Sylvia. No, it's just that recognition of saying, okay, I can't be around it as much then. Like, if this is how you're going to do stuff, I'm not going to be on the same projects with you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have the same expectations. I'm going to go and be about my business and do what needs to be able to be done. And hopefully you feel that distance and recognize, man, I'm missing out on the good stuff. Yeah. I need to get back. I need to get better. And yeah. so you're setting the example almost in a different way. I was going to say that probably might be like the snap of reality too. Like, oh, they're serious. Yeah. <laughs> like they're going to cut me out yeah. of their life now or, you know, however yeah. that looks. But um, I think that that might kind of be like man, like a rude awakening or something mm-hmm. to be like, oh, shoot, kind of. Yeah, I mean, this is even the second letter Paul's addressed this in. So when Paul's saying this, like he's already had conversations in First Thessalonians about it, and they still were like, mm, "Shut up, Paul." Yeah. He's like, "All right, fine. Well, one more time, then." <laughs> Let's try you this know. again. Yeah, <laughs> round two. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So last question here. Uh, I hate to say it, but I've known some really lazy pastors. What do you guys do to make sure you live out this passage of scripture? Yeah, any pastor that's got a good golf game is a really lazy pastor. <laughs> And I've been beaten by some very lazy pastors all the time. In fact, that's going to be my line from now on. Whenever I'm like playing sports or 
like doing something with another pastor and they're really good at it, I'm going to say, you should spend more time in the Bible, actually. Yeah, right. Less time like, on the ooh, court yeah. with your pickleball. That's, hope you're that's a pretty ankle. good smack talk. I know how to come back from that, actually. <laughs> you're I'd be just like, not as holy of a pastor uh, as I am. Yeah, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> <laughs> like, dunked on me. There you go. <laughs> that's why. That's why. Yep. No, I, I think the reality is no two jobs uh, and no two industries are the same. Mm-hmm. Like, like anywhere, we see this all of the time. Uh, if you're self-employed, you have... Uh, a totally different workflow than somebody who works for a large corporation. Uh, I remember my time at, at, at State Farm when I was Jake from State Farm. There you go. Uh, insert joke here. <laughs> insert joke here. Yes, red shirt khakis had the whole thing. Um, I was uh, an in-the-field claims rep, so I literally worked out of a car. It was one of those transits, those ugly-looking vans, yeah. and uh, went everywhere. And then they had the in-office reps who, when you would call in, most of the time you would go to them. And it was almost like we were two different gangs <laughs> at times. Um, you know, it's uh, – uh, what was it? What was the movie? Um, shoot. They were the Jets and the Sharks or whatever it was. Uh, it's a play. It's a Broadway play. It's a movie um. as well. Come on. No idea. I can't remember. I either. think I can They're see it in my head. Thing. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Somebody's I, watching this podcast, shouting it out right Rick. now. Probably Rick. Probably <laughs> Rick. I know, and I'm I'm sorry that I don't have. I'm not up on my theater right now. It's going to hit me later. Um, Somebody will comment. Yeah, but it felt. There you go. Leave a comment. There you go. So it felt like these two different worlds, but we had totally different workflows. So that would be no big deal for me to go and like run a quick errand on my way between right. jobs, and it would make the people in office angry about it because they're like, I don't ever get that flexibility of those things. Mm-hmm. And we would always rebuttal and say, Yeah, but you've never walked into a house that has bed bugs and then gone home. Like yeah. that's just these things. And so these just different worlds almost, even though we were in the same industry. Yeah, they were still different worlds. Um, you know, every pastor I know has heard the jokes, like we were just making jokes about, mm-hmm. about um, golf and all these yeah. other kinds of things. And the reality is, yes, there are lazy pastors out there. And there are lazy CEOs, and there are lazy teachers, and lamey, lamey, lazy. Um, <laughs> they're lamey, too. <laughs> they're lamey, too. Uh, lazy uh, plumbers, lazy fishermen, lazy yeah. whoever. You know, it, it's a laziness is uh, a reality. Well, it's a shame, but it's a reality. And every pastor has probably been lazy at some point in their life, too, just every, like the rest of us. Yeah. Part of it. It's not an excuse to like make a bad choice, but it's just a reality. Um, this passage wasn't about being lazy once as much as at a lazy lifestyle. So I think that's important to recognize. Um, I would also think, uh, you know, speaking for us um, in ministry, um, we have, and we've talked about this before, um, you know, there, there are the ability to get into good rhythms in ministry. There are times in ministry that you are super duper busy. Um, Christmas, yes. Easter, conferences, counseling, wedding, funerals, like all of it can happen. Uh, and you may not recognize what a storm that it feels like you're about to walk into, but then you've got two funerals and you've got a Sunday sermon to be able to prep. You've also got a counseling thing that you were a part of. Mm-hmm. You're also doing some training and stuff for other people. And all of a sudden that week was crazy. Yeah. And then the following week, it was much lighter. And you're like, man, I wish this would have been spread out at mm-hmm. times. And that's not just in ministry, right? Like there's a lot of industries that have yeah. that kind of thing. And so uh, you know, I think the healthy flip side of that coin is, is recognizing, at least for me, um, if I lived by that hard of a rash of a schedule all the time, or like I felt like I was constantly having to do all of that all the time, mm-hmm. it would be really hard on my family. Um, if I'm just being honest, like you oh, know, yeah. if I'm at all the night meetings over here and I'm doing the weddings and the funerals over here, then it would just be my, my girls would feel like they never got to see me or be a part of it. So what do I do? Uh, I take time back. In other times. So I may have a crazy season. Christmas and Easter are like the ones we know about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it may be a lighter. Usually this time of year is a little bit lighter for most people with the summer. It's a Michigan thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it 
it's true of us a little bit in ministry as well. And so uh, I may take some time back and spend time with my girls or things, hobbies that I love and to be able to do. Um, and I don't feel bad about that. I think that still I'm able to work hard when the work is there to be able to do yeah. and, and get it back when I can. So uh, you may see me at a Tuesday matinee movie and uh, maybe I'm being lazy. Or out garage sailing. Or out garage sailing. <laughs> maybe I'm being lazy. Maybe I'm just taking some time back. I'll never tell. So I guess the assumption's on you. But, but uh-huh. I was going to say, that's like the thing. Like you never know. Like I could see somebody out and about like at Meyer today and be like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I'm out buying stuff for the church, but what are you doing? Like, yeah. you just never know. And like, you know, taking a break or whatever. And I'm glad you brought up like the holidays because it's almost even something I like block out of my mind. Like the ones where we always have to like Christmas and Easter where you're working or in Christmas Eve though. Like too. December really is the craziest month. Yeah. Like just a, like life or even like everything. Mother's Day. And, you yeah. know, we set up the um, like camera stuff or like doing the pictures and like that's work too. Like, so just all these little extra things, it is work. And like, you're working on a Sunday when everybody else is just coming for the little bit. So, like, and we're fortunate, you know, as, as ministry staff, um, you know, we have Fridays off to be able right, to do stuff. Right. Now things happen on Fridays too, you know, just like everybody else. Yep. Things happen. On well, that's off. what I was going to you know say. Like, I mean? just because we're here doesn't mean like every time we have something extra at the church though, too, like, we, like somebody has got to work that mm-hmm. like, you know, so yeah. it's just like our time frames just might look different. Like, yeah. so, um, uh, like I was going to say, like when Andy takes off like the afternoons on a Wednesday because he works Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Like, Coming so it's just in. like, yeah. we're all just shifting time. About figuring out flows. Yeah. 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 But and like, the reality is God's in control. Like if I'm not yeah. doing what he knows I should be able to do and, and put in the effort that he's given me with the skills that he's given me to be able to do, he's going to hold me accountable. He's a good dad. Mm-hmm. He's going to discipline me. He's going to correct me. He's going to try and put me on the right path because he loves me and he cares not only about me, but our church and all those things too. So, um, you know, there is that ultimate authority Authority we answer to him, the most intimidating passage in scripture um, about pastors having a whole like another degree of accountability that's put on there, mm-hmm. judgment that's put on there um, is enough to want to keep you out of ministry, if I'm being honest, because that's I, like of all the Bible. I love the Bible. I really don't love that passage because then it's like, hey, got a big old magnifying hey, Jake, glass on I'm you. watching you more yeah. in this leadership role and all this other stuff. And it's like, mm, I got to keep that in mind because I do have to stand before God at some point in time. Yeah. And he's going to say all of these things uh, mm-hmm. of my life as well. And that's important. So. Yeah, but I, I liked your answer to that because, like, you know, there are those kinds of people out there that are just, you know, either lazy pastors or, like you said, lazy CEO. Like, you, everybody's got one. I think you yeah. said that on uh, Sunday, too. Like you said, everybody knows Todd or something. Everybody knows like, Todd. Yeah. I think it's out a weird name. There's probably somebody out there named Todd. He was like, dang, dude, dang. what are you Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, like, Karen, you know, like when people Sorry, really God. named Karen and they yeah. hate that, like, it's a bad thing now. There's like, nothing better, though, when my friends that are named Karen and like they get just slightly annoyed and they go, oh, okay, yeah. Karen, okay. okay, Karen. Right. And like overplay uh, it and watch them just yes. shake their head. Cause they feel like Karen's can never get justifiably no, mad anymore. From that. that was like a cultural, <laughs> this is a cultural thing now. Like if you, it's a Karen, like yeah. every, and you know exactly what people are talking about when they yeah. say it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks Jake. Do you have any other lasting comments? No, I think, uh, you know, I said no, and I'm about to make hey, comments. That's all right. I did that. I We're said no, and this I'm is your ready. thing. This is your show. You take it away. You know what? Spotlight. Take it away. Yeah, so I'm going to actually change my answer to yes. Okay. Um, tune in on Thursday for the podcast uh, with our missionaries to the Ukraine, yeah. uh, Herb and Kim. I think there's going to be some really cool stories and good stuff there. I'm going to recognize God is a big God, and he's moving and doing stuff all over, even in horrible situations like war, that the gospel is still moving. And that's incredible. Um, the other stuff, as I would say, is um, if you haven't met Jenna, meet Jenna, and not 
not only meet her, but jump on her teams, like do yes. some stuff in nursery or with toddlers or with um, uh, kiddos, or even if you are the one of those special individuals in the world who loves to work with preteens because, yep. man, our kids deserve good leaders. Um, yeah. We need more good leaders to be a part of it uh, so that we can have spaces to worship so that we can help this next generation to reach with the gospel and watch them grow. Um, so if you've considered it, if you've thought about it, even if you're petrified of it, Test it out anyway. Yeah, come try it. Good stuff. Yeah, just try it. Yeah, Lots there's good fun. stuff in children's ministry. So I would say get in contact with Jenna because um, she's got some really cool stuff in store. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jake. Um, so thanks, everybody, for watching. And uh, hope hopefully you'll watch that uh, podcast on Thursday. And then we'll see you Sunday.